We're going to dive right into this message. We serve an amazing God who loves us so much. Uh, he, he wants us to um, become more and more like his son, Jesus, and not uh, leave us just as we are. Don't you want to be a little bit more like Jesus? Yeah, hmm? for sure. Okay, my message tonight, this, the title itself is just worth all your money, okay? This is it, worth the price of admission. It's called Do Talk, Don't Murder. Okay? Nice. The start-off question is this. Do people ever bug you? Ever had someone drive you nuts? Ever had someone make you angry? Or you ever had somebody hurt your feelings? Sure, we all have. It's really quite normal. But listen to this. This is crazy. I think there's a part of the gospel message that many of us have forgotten or perhaps have never heard. Here it is. Jesus did not die to make us normal. I like this girl. He died to make us like himself. He's the only man who ever lived 100% for God. And that's how we were all supposed to live until the devil got involved. Check out the story back in Genesis chapter 3. So our goal cannot be to be a normal cultural American. Wow. That's not his dream for us. The American dream or the Chinese dream, or whatever place you're from, is not his goal for us. His goal for us is to be part of his wonderful kingdom of love, where people love like Jesus loves us. So tonight we are going to invite Jesus to lead us into this more Christ-like life, okay? And, And because people bug us, Because people drive us nuts, because they make us angry, because people hurt our feelings, we're going to ask Jesus to deal with those thoughts and intentions of our heart, all that swirling emotion and stuff that goes on inside because there are other human beings on the planet. Sound sound okay? Yeah. We want Jesus to deal with our inner motives, with our inner words, you know, our thoughts, and with our outer words and our actions because all of our outer words and actions, where do they start? In our thoughts, our inner words, our heart motives. Will you ask Jesus just right now silently to help you deal with those things, the stuff on the inside? Well, what does Jesus have to say to us tonight about that stuff on the inside? Turn to Matthew chapter 5. And uh, for all you German speakers, and uh, for Frau Chesterly, who taught me in um, going to high school, chapter Fumpf, which is my favorite German word ever, Fumpf, chapter 5. And uh, we're going to read verses um, 21 through 26. This is Jesus talking. He says, 
You have heard that it was said to the people a long time ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Did you see what Jesus did there? He just changed it from the outer action to the inward thought and emotive and intention of the heart. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and then remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Wow. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge. The judge may hand you over to the officer and the officer may throw you into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you've paid the last penny. Have you ever noticed about Jesus? He's kind of serious when he talks. He just shoots straight. Okay, four quick points on what Jesus is telling us. If we get another slide, see if they're up there. Uh, I think we're all pretty clear, don't murder. Uh, it's one of the Ten Commandments. If you don't know where those are found, there's a book called Exodus. It's the second book in the Bible, way in the back. Um, Exodus chapter 20, verse 13 says, just don't murder. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, which is chapter 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew, which we're reading... Uh, Jesus explaining the full intentions of the Ten Commandments. God had always intended them to be something from the inside, not just the outer action. Uh, God's full intention is that we would not even have murderous heart intentions or let our emotions get to the place where we want to kill somebody. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Check this out. When we start feeling that way, when we see ourselves going that way, we are to immediately go to the person we're angry with and be reconciled to them. So we even saw in the text we read tonight, like if we know somebody's angry at us, we too should take the initiative and go to them and say, oh, I screwed up bad. Will you forgive me? Or if somebody's hurt you or angered you, you should immediately go to them. And start talking it out. Instead of having all these thoughts and feelings bubble up on the inside. um, Because they kind of fester. And get worse. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? A couple people. Okay. Notice this really goes both ways. Like I'm saying. Whether you've been offended or you're the offender. Flip over just a few pages to the right to Matthew 18 verse 15. Matthew 18, 15 says something like, if your brother or sister sins, uh, some of the translations say, if they sin against you, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. That is like a novel revelation for everybody. What do we do? We go to our friend and say, do you know what so-and-so over there? And we tell the story. And then we go to our next friend and we tell the story. We go to our next friend and tell the story. Who don't we tell the story to about how we feel? 
the only one that we ought to be telling the story to. Okay, just let's just get honest. How many of you feel like it's hard and you just need to say words about this whole horrible event? How many have words? You just need to talk it out. Yeah, look at all the wordy people. You aren't the only one. I have a secret. That's what God is for. Talk to him. That way your anger and bitterness won't spread to other people and make them grumpy at that person too. This is why our world is so loveless. Is because we're sharing all our grumpies with everybody except the person we need to share it with. We share it with the person who offended us or we share it with God or both. None of this. You had to be watching to catch that. Okay. Sorry for the people on the electronic world where they're listening to it. Sorry, people. So, notice that Jesus really is prohibiting gossip here. Did you catch that? Just go to the person, just the two of you, and talk it out. So isn't that a pretty clear, like, y'all shut up. Zip your lip. Yeah, I think it is. We're not to go to a different person and tell them how so-and-so offended us. If, you're, <clears throat> if you've angered another person <clears throat> or if you've been made angry, both people are to take the initiative to resolve the conflict. I hope you write down a note on this. Just get it clear. Okay? doesn't matter if you are the one that's hurt or you hurt somebody. You take the initiative. To make this point clearer, Jesus says that reconciliation with the human being is more important than worshiping God. So this is really cool because you get to worship God every Sunday and Tuesday and whenever, any day, even in your God time, right? So it's a time to check it out. Like tonight, is there some relationship conflict you have? Yeah, sure there is. They happen almost every couple of days, don't they? It's just too darn normal. So, you come to Kyle check it out. Oh, I remember. I have a broken relationship that needs fixing. Okay, if the person's here, there's that thing called the break, then nobody knows that you're getting up and going to them, right? You just go out to the mezzanine or something and talk it through. If they aren't here, just make a commitment to the Lord. As soon as I get out of Kyle, I'll go find them and talk it out. Does that make sense? Yeah, let's, let's deal, deal with stuff. Can I tell you a story to help us uh, explore Jesus' command to initiate reconciliation instead of gossip? Once upon a time, there was this family member whom I really love and who actually really loves me, um, who really also loves their dog. Any dog lovers here? I am a serious dog lover. Um, and they came over to visit. We had small children, Okay like uh, ages maybe four to, I don't know, I can't count, eight and a half, something like that. And <clears throat> I asked them to keep the dog outside because their dog is a blue healer, which is the kind of dog that is used in, uh, like, making sheep move around, you know. And so their job is to nip at the, the, the heels of the sheep, to move around. So what do little children look like? Two-legged sheep. Nip, nip, nip. <laughs> you know, and so this dog was biting our children. 
And this is this upsetting if you're a parent, yeah? You don't want your little kids bit by the dog. Uh, dog was not a polite dog. And so uh, I was really angry and told my, my uh, relative, you know, you need to get this dog out of the house like I asked you and, and like, keep it out there. Yeah, okay. So they didn't, they wouldn't take it out. Okay, so finally the dog really launched into one of my kids. And uh, so I said, okay, right now. We're taking the dog out, so we did. After calming down and praying, I decided I was not going to kill my relative. <laughs> I did talk with them. I told them that the dog was always going to be outside if the dog ever came to my house again. Okay, they agreed. So I still had some feelings bubbling around. Maybe you can tell, you know. So I talked it through with Jesus again and realized what was making me angry. It was that they were really valuing their dog more than my kids. Get it? They didn't want the dog outside. They wanted the dog inside with them. So they were saying that the dog's more important than, than the kids. And that was really chapping my hide because that is not just a right, is it? Yeah. Who's made in the image of God? Kids. But dogs do have this. It's God spelled backwards. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't think that's in the Bible or anything, but I'd like dogs. Um, so this relative is not the kind of relative that you can just look in the eye and... You can't just look them in the eye and say stop. Like they don't get it because they don't talk back. And so I wrote them a letter explaining my feelings and asked them to reassess their valuation of my children. I keep the dog outside. My kids are more important. Don't you agree? Kind of thing. So... How was I able to handle all this without murdering them? Well, a couple ways. Jesus lives inside of me. (laughs) And he, you know, by his Holy Spirit was urging me, no murder. This is not appropriate. Uh, Of course, and then I, uh, this was years after I'd gone to Kyle, but I was a student like you, and I'd gone to Kyle at university, and in Kyle, we were taught these things. Yeah. So we were taught to work it out with people. And and also, I put into practice for years before I came to this moment, working things out with people. What are you putting into practice when you have a conflict with somebody? I put into practice what I was taught in Kyle. And it's really helped me my whole life. Yeah, so it had become kind of second nature for me not to kill people, even though I felt like it. Yeah. Okay, tonight let's look at another passage that might help us with this. I think we got another slide. Did we get another slide? Hello, slide. That's a good one. I I wonder if my thing, okay, contempt, good. Yes, okay, Matthew 5. We're back to Matthew 5. I remember where I'm at. Go back to Matthew 5, 21 and 22. Jesus again said this. You have heard that it was said long ago, don't murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to the judgment. I tell you that anyone who, has, who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to the judgment. Again, anyone who says uh, to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says to you, fool, you fool, will be in the danger of the fire of hell. Uh, Raka is an Aramaic term of contempt. 
our equivalent might be something like idiot. Uh, and that um, would put somebody, uh, you know, breaking the law and they'd have to go to court for saying something like that. Uh, public speech was so important to God's people that it was regulated by the courts. And we still have tiny bits of that in, in our court system, don't we? You know, the whole s slandering people and all that kind of stuff still gets you into trouble, especially in business and legal type actions. But it's being eroded daily by all the entertainment that we fill our minds with. We fill our minds with lots of speech that demeans others, don't we? Isn't that our entertainment? Isn't that our comedy? Oh, yeah. Get this. When I was in grade school, if you cursed, you got expelled. There would be no children in school <laughs> today. It has eroded that much in one generation, you guys, where our speech has been even in this country. It breaks my heart because it breaks our God's heart. Here's the question we should ask ourselves. Am I speaking contemptuously about someone else? And I think we have a definition up here. Contempt is speech that ridicules or belittles another person. Wow, convicting. Remember where Jesus said, you fool, will be in the danger. Uh, if you said you fool, you're in danger of the fire of hell. There might be another slide. This music stand is really in my way. I wanted to point out that we need to understand this whole thing that Jesus is teaching us tonight is about our inner motives and inner thoughts uh, lead to our outer words and outer actions. Isn't, isn't that what Nate said last week? It's all about what starts on the inside, flows outside. So what is anger? When we have uncontrolled anger, we are on the roadway to hell. Uh, love, on the other hand, puts us on the roadway to God's eternal kingdom. We don't want to miss out eternally on what God has for us by continuing to be on the road of anger all the time, do we? Really great time in our lives to deal with it. Wow. In this text, make sure you notice that uh, go, being guilty of the court is, is, is basically the same thing of being guilty of hell in Jesus' mind. It all starts somewhere and ends up somewhere. He's not trying to make this huge distinction between Raka and you fool, okay? He's saying, don't get on that road because it goes Somewhere, People are small acts of being unloving slowly make us an unloving person. Our small acts of being loving slowly make us a loving person. Yeah? And it all starts in what we're thinking. So when people make us P.O.'d, code word, you know what that means? When they make us P.O.'d, we need to choose to love them. Yeah, and go talk it out with them. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Murder or bad-mouthing someone results from unresolved anger that's expressed inappropriately. 
So understand we're on that road towards murder when we have all this anger that flows <coughs> forward into gossip and we belittle them. We act contemptuously in our speech towards another human. We're on the road towards murder, which is on the road to hell. Wow, Jesus is serious. Is there a way that we can express our anger appropriately? Woo! Okay, that was supposed to be positive. Yes. Um, Matthew 5.24, we already read it. it. It says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Take the initiative. That's what we're supposed to do. There's hope. We can break out of this bad cycle and get on the right road. And, and, hey, and look at this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Let's just take a second and get all the way over to Ephesians 4, 25. I think we're going to read through 27. Because we can find out that there is a good kind of anger too. Did you know that? Okay. Ephesians 4, 25 through 27 says this. Um, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Well, there's conviction right there. Most of you are probably like me. You don't really outright lie. You just don't tell the whole truth. Right? Yeah. Well, I guess I'm lying when I do that, aren't I? For we are all members of one body. The Apostle Paul through Jesus through the Apostle Paul is saying, we're, we're, we're on the same team, guys. Especially us in the church. We're on the same team, but the whole human race is on the same team. We're made in the image of God to act like Jesus. Okay. So let's not go lying to one another. In your anger, don't sin. Underline that one. In your anger, don't sin. There's a way to be angry that's not sinning. God gave us emotions as a gift so that we could react to circumstances in life. Some people just P.O. us. Okay? What a gift that we can be angry about it. But what's the anger for? The anger is to get us to take action. Not the action of gossip, but the action of reconciliation. Yo? Yo. It's God's gift to us. Let's take the action. Jesus got angry a couple of times that's written down in the New Testament, right? And he wasn't sinning, was he? No, there was some real injustice. Don't we see some injustice in our culture? Sure we do, all the time, like almost daily. We should be the people who take action. What's that movement all the women are in now, the Me Too? I think this is brilliant. It's taking action. It's leading towards justice. And boy, oh boy, men. Whoa. We are going to treat every woman from this moment on on this planet with the highest respect, aren't we? We would never do anything to demean them. We would never use a woman. Right? And where you see that happen, that's why God gave you a fist. I am not going to qualify that statement. Right. Okay, I think there's another slide. 
The important question is this. What makes you angry? The things that make God angry or the things that make you angry? Ah, that's where the rubber meets the road. This is where we all get to repent. Jesus got angry and expressed it appropriately. We get angry, we can learn. Take the initiative to be reconciled, not gossip, complain, or slander, or murder. It's just don't murder. And then work backwards till you don't even do the other stuff. Just talk it out with God and the person. Whew. I could have badmouthed my relative. I could have done worse. I have two fists. I was, you know, that P and that O word. Um, I could have harbored murderous thoughts in my heart against them. I could have wished them dead. Thank the Lord that I remember what I was taught in college. Thank the Lord that he'd been working on me to help me to be the kind of guy that initiates reconciliation. I talked to Jesus instead. In prayer, I directed my anger into a useful action. God was displeased. I was displeased. Everybody was displeased, except the relative. Then they got displeased because I confronted them. And then there was a happy ending. We reconciled. We came to an agreement. Yeah, my kids were more important than the dog. Hallelujah. <laughs> so what's making you angry tonight? The things that offend God or the things that just offend you? Okay, we're going to quickly have a look at James 4, 1 through 8. Turn there in your Bible, James 4, 1 through 8. This is a doozy. You thought we already did a doozy? This is a double doozy. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Yeah, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Your desires? It all starts in our inner motive, isn't it? What we want. We're always wanting, wanting, wanting. Can, can I just give you a little bit of a Bible? Instead of wanting, 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 why don't we trusting, 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 trusting God to supply our needs? Would that be good? Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. <sighs> yeah. So what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you don't ask God. When you ask, you don't receive because you have wrong motives. You can spend what you get on your pleasures. This is the transformation. Jesus didn't die to make us normal. Jesus didn't die to give us the American dream. Jesus died to make us like himself. So that we don't have these selfish motives, but rather we have love and we want to serve other people and we trust God to meet our needs. Oh, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend with the world becomes an enemy of God. And by that, the, the, the word world there is cosmos in the Greek, and it just means the cultural system set up by the devil in every culture that exists. Cosmos. 
Don't be friends with the cosmos, with the culture. Don't be friends with the culture. Don't be friends with the American culture. Be friends with God's culture, his kingdom culture described in this book. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he caused to dwell within us? But he gives us more grace. That's why the scripture says, did you notice it says he gives us more grace? He gives us the giftedness of God's supernatural help. He gives us the grace we need to make this transformation. God opposes the proud but gives favor to the humble. Humble just means we're obeying the Lord. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. We've got to start seeing our conflicts as not just with a person but as spiritual warfare. We are not to give in to be cultural angry people. We are to move to be transformed to be like Jesus, a loving, forgiving, reconciling initiator. Who's he? Who? Come near to God. He'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. We need to seek the Lord. Okay, so in conclusion, here's some things to ponder. The worship team is going to come up in a minute, but not yet, because you need to write this down, worship team. Here's how we might apply it to this stuff tonight. Ask Jesus what thoughts or words are dishonoring to him. You know, your motives, your heart desires, do they honor him? Number two, submit your thoughts and motives to Jesus. Just let him be the boss. He knows how to navigate life. He knows how to help you navigate. Number three, realize this is all part of our daily spiritual battle. We are to actively resist what the devil is trying to do. Uh, this is a technical term that my mom taught me. Don't get in a snit with someone else. I don't know what it means, but I didn't want to get in one. Yeah, that spiritual warfare is when we keep our anger and bitterness and frustration all on the inside and never work it out. That gives the devil an opportunity to make us bitter people. And then we pass the bitterness around and everybody's all messed up. And nobody loves anybody. Number four, make ways for yourself to come near to God. Because when you come near to God, you read his book, and then you realize, oh, God has a really different way of thinking about everything, and I need to think that way. Let's pray, shall we? Wow, Lord, that was something else. Thank you for speaking so very clearly to us. Thanks that you don't pull your punches. Thanks that you just tell it like it is. Thanks that you tell us clearly that following the ways of our culture, just being angry and gossiping just don't work. You love us too much to let us continue in that direction. So help each one of us to have the courage tonight to start that road of transformation, uh, to get off the road that will lead to hell and get on the road that will lead into your kingdom forever where you're creating a group of people that will love one another always. We thank you for your help that this is just not a solo project, that your spirit lives inside of us. We have your Bible. We have your community to help us. 
We thank you for all these things and pray them in the name of Jesus. Amen.